Preston, are you ready, my friend? Yeah, there's Eva. She's at the beach. <laughs> She's in Florida. She's in Florida at the beach. Even better. Preston, you ready, my friend? Yes. I am well. I think so. I hope so. You've had quite a um, week, haven't you? I got, uh, the last number of weeks have been quite a, a number of weeks, but joy still reigns. Amen. Uh, so much so that I'm going to continue to talk about it on top of uh, Sean and Lucy and Jan and, uh, and all the others that have commented about it. But um, I'm trying to look at joy from aspects of some of the things that we read in the scriptures. But, you know, as I was thinking about it, not yesterday, but Saturday a week ago, just really praying for you, Lucy, you know, that the Lord would give you what, um, what you should share. And it was interesting because I, as I was praying, I just kind of smiled to myself and, and the Lord just reminded me that I love to give to my, to my little ones and to my young ones. And so, uh, he certainly has, and, uh, we've been blessed by what you all three have had to share this morning. Um, I think we all can relate to, to what's been shared in, in, in our own life, the differences that we've seen from things from early childhood to once we become a, a believer. Um, we all remember times when we worked and hoped to get something and it finally came, uh, or we were given something that we desired. You know, Things I know that would, could immediately spring through your mind from that, like just the joy of graduation, uh, that's, you work a long time for that, or, or the joy of a new child or an unexpected gift or something, but um, the joy Mary probably experienced for, with her new porch, uh, and obviously Roger and Wendy with their job, and now we know that Penny also uh, has a job that she has already said that she's joyful about having. Um, I know Eva would probably really look forward to having some nearby friends that are not 45 minutes away or four states away or a country and an ocean away. So we all have things that we're looking for. Uh, Damon's citizenship here, um, better grades than you expected would be, would bring some, some level of joy to people. Um, these things also carry with them, you know, the, the aspect of gratitude or thankfulness but there is a measure of gladness or joy that, that is there. And that, that's one of the expressions, uh, emotional expressions of our life. It's not changed throughout the ages. Uh, a lot of times it was, came from simple things like a, a big harvest, which was a sign of God's favor in, in years gone past. It, it was a community affair to bring in the harvest. Uh, farming was and still is highly dependent on the weather and it being certain ways at certain times rain is needed at the right times for growth and sunshine is needed for the right time of growth and dryness is needed to get the harvest in i can remember um one time sharing with my cousins who are farmers uh, that they had to plow under 40 acres of potatoes one year because it was just too wet to get in the field and by the time it dried uh, for them to get their equipment in there. All the, uh, all the potatoes had rotted. They'd stayed in the ground too long. You know, sometimes the wind comes at the wrong time 
when corn is growing and it just blows the crop down or it doesn't rain and it's dry and it, and it dies before it's ready to be harvested. So all these things um, uh, are challenging for farmers. And so when a, when a crop comes in that's good, uh, there's a great sense of gladness and joy that comes because it brings a sense of security, at least for another seasons. And um, so this first, I've got about five or six, uh, types of joy that I've found in the scriptures that I want to share about this morning. Uh, the first two kind of tie together by the verse we're going to read, but the first one, obviously, which we've already talked about, is joy that comes from circumstances or things we receive, something that kind of comes in the, in the natural, but also uh, a second type is a joy that's given by God, and this first verse uh, really shows the difference between these two. I don't know if you've uh, read the, the Psalms very much, but there's an evening prayer of trust in God in the, early in the Psalms. It's, it's Psalms 4. Uh, it's a short Psalm. It begins like this. I'm going to read the first verse and then the last three verses of this particular Psalm. Psalm 4 begins like this. Answer me when I call God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. It goes on later on in that psalm. It says, saying, who shows anything good? And then this request, lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put joy in my heart more than when their grain and new wine are abundant. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, have made me to dwell in safety. Uh, I'm, this reminds me of an old song we used to sing uh, ages ago. But uh, it's just interesting to me that this is a time when people have gotten a great harvest and they're joyful about it. it it's almost like it's an understood word. I'm going to go back and read this again. You have put more... You have put joy in my heart more than, it's more joy than when there was grain and new wine are abundant. So something in this psalm says that God has put a joy in, in this person's heart, more joy than when there's a great harvest and a sense of security from what that harvest means for them. Um, and so there's a greater joy that's given by God. Uh, Forgiveness of sin, salvation. You just start naming the things that rather than being uh, temporal or eternal that God gives us. Uh, and you can see that even the things that bring us joy, uh, good circumstances, good things we get, there's a greater joy that God provides. And so you have joy that gives, that's given to us from the things that we receive and the circumstances that we kind of find ourselves in. But then there's this joy that's given by God. Um, there's an interesting uh, verse in uh, Psalm 51, which is uh, a psalm about uh, confession. 51.12 says this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Um, you know, there are times when 
either our Christian walk becomes more routine than it should, or we lose fact of how great a gift it is, uh, or we, um, we transgress against things that delight the Lord, and we find this place that our joy is gone. And so it's one of those things that the psalmist asked for God to give it back to him. And how does he do that? He does that through remembering, remembering what he has done, which is the third thing, joy for God's great works. Psalm 92.4 says this, For you, Lord, have made me joyful by what you have done. I will sing for joy over the works of your hands. Psalm 126.3 says this, The Lord has done great things for us. We are joyful. And then there's this express, this uh, an invitation for us to express that joy in Psalm 95.1. The invitation, come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. God's great works, his gifts of grace, uh, all are things that um, bring joy to our hearts. And joy has an expression in, in praise and, and singing. Um, it's also interesting that one of the paradoxes of the Christian life, which um, Lucy and Jan and Sean uh, touched on, was that there is joy from difficulties encountered when you're walking with Christ. And, uh, you know, nobody uh, leads by example like Jesus. We all know this verse in Hebrews. It says, looking only to Jesus, the originer, originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What joy was set before him? I've often wondered what that was, and, I, and I'm not sure that I even know, but, you know, in, in the priestly prayer in Psalm 17, he prayed that he would be glorified, and, but that just seems out of the character of God to be joy, joyful because you're glorified. I think it probably has more to do with the fact that he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was in full full restored fellowship with God. It may be that he, the joy set before him was the fact that Jesus would one day present a bride without spot or blemish to the Father. It could be that Jesus was full of joy because that one day he would hand over the kingdom to God. I don't know, but it seems to me that the joy set before him had more to do with with what he could present rather than what he was going to get. Um, James picks up on this um, as well for, for us that are still here in the earth. In James 1-2, it says this, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Such a paradox to the world's way of thinking about difficulties. 
and to keep that that perspective uh, in the midst of trying times. I mean, we just had a wonderful testimony from Roger and Wendy this week of of, of keeping their joy in the in the midst of not a one week trial, not a one month trial, but in a in a seventeen month time of difficulty. Um, uh, both have confessed that they were able to hold on to their faith and their joy in the middle of that. Um, why is it that uh, James says we should be joyful about those things? Because when our faith is tested uh, and it's perseverance, the Bible says, produces proven character. And when our character is proven or when our faith is tested and we come through, successful, we can know that we really are being tra transformed and conformed towards the image of God. That's a reason for joy. It's hard to remember that, I think, at times when we're in the middle of it, but um, it is one of the things that uh, brings joy when we think about it from how God sees things, just as Bill was talking about and how we should see, how, how does God expect things and how should we pray when uh, we pray from his vantage point. Um, there's another another kind of joy and it's, it's the joy that God receives. Um, this one is really interesting because God, God can be joyful as well. And I was reading this passage in Luke. Um, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you remember, Jesus sent out 70 disciples on their first outreach. And they returned, this was early on when I'm sure they didn't quite understand the message and didn't quite understand about the kingdom of, of God. But he sent them out. They returned with joy saying even the demons were subject to them in Jesus' name. But he said, don't don't rejoice in that spirits are subject to you but that your names are recorded in heaven it's interesting though that the scriptures go on in the very next verse and this is what it says about jesus who is god incarnate in luke it says at that very time he rejoiced greatly in the holy spirit and said i praise you father Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for so doing was well-pleasing in your sight. All the things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal himself. Why, why is it that that brings such joy to God incarnate and to Jesus who rejoiced greatly? Um, you know, rich and famous people have much earthly gain. Wise and intelligent ones have a lot of natural gifts. However, it pleases God to give something worth far more to those who believe, a revelation of himself. And with that, a power and authority that no king can acquire without faith in God. God gives riches and knowledge of himself worth more than silver and gold to the poor in spirit who ask him. 
even he gives the Holy Spirit. And it brings joy to God to give of himself. Great joy to Jesus with the Holy Spirit to witness such grace and generosity from God. Well, what else can bring joy to God's heart? Um, there's this, the parable, the story of the talents where the master gives three, three of his servants, one five talents, one two talents, one one talent. And the servants with the five and the two wisely increase their master's investments with them. So what the master gave him, they increased. And what God has given you and I in gifts and talents, I sometimes wonder, have I so wisely developed and used them for his, to, to and for his delight? Um, his response to that kind of wise living and obedience in this story is recorded. It doesn't matter if you were given five or if you were given two, whatever the deposit, here was his response and invitation. The master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And it doesn't stop there. It says, enter the joy of your master. It brings joy to the father's heart. And those things that he's given are used in faith to, to build his, his glory and his kingdom. Um, there's another joy. Um, I, I don't know about you and, and how often it happens to you, but you know, oftentimes if there's a friend of yours that receives a, a gift or a position or an award, um, and you may be happy for them, um, but there's a joy that comes from sharing God's joy. Um, there's in Luke 15 are the, the, the parables that he gives. Um, Luke 15, seven is the, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost brothers. And um, they end the, the, the lost sheep and the lost coin in this way. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. And of the lost coin, in the same way I tell you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's, a, there's an invitation to share God's joy when we see a person that repents. We're invited into that and to share that joy. You know, oftentimes we're like, well, it's about time, or I wonder what took you so long, or I wonder if it's really true. But the Lord rejoices in that when, when someone comes back into relationship and present and into his presence. Uh, it's particularly shown in the, in the uh, parable of the, of the two lost brothers. He says, we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. He was dead and now he's alive. And so we're, we're, we can share that joy when, when we see what God is expecting and, and wanting and expressing in a person uh, 
uh, we we're able to come into you know a place of in sharing joy with the Almighty. Um, there's one last verse I'm going to share because joy tends to have with it uh, praise that goes with it. Uh, this is a, a verse in First Peter. I think that Bill, you you might have read this not too long ago, but I want to read it again. First Peter, beginning in one three through nine. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes through tested by fire, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible. Joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There is a joy within that somehow there's just no way to put into words, no action seem quite rise to the occasion. There's this inexpressible joy that we can also experience at the goodness and generosity of God. You know, as it's been said already, Joy is it's choosing to respond to external circumstances with an inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use those experiences to accomplish his work in us and through us. Um, you know, we, we sing these, these songs with joy in them. And um, a lot of times they start out with the joy and then the, the object of the joy is sung secondly. Um, two of them that come to mind, I just kind of reversed it because the object is more important than the joy. Um, it's one we, we, we sing very often. The Lord has come, joy to the world. God of grace and God of glory, joyfully, joyfully we adore you. Um, I'm going to end with a benediction. Uh, if you're not familiar with that word, uh, uh, the prefix bene, which comes from benefit or benefactor or beneficial, means good, and diction has to do with your speaking. So a benediction is a good saying. And this particular verse out of Romans 15.3 captures all three of our, our last three um, Advent themes. And so I'm going to end with this as a good saying over you and a blessing to you. 
Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I, I just have to stop for a minute because I just remembered uh, when Eva shared about what it meant to believe and how that so helped her with the whole area of fear. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you, Preston. So if anybody runs out of hope, they, they call you or they call Jesus. Call Jesus. <laughs> call on Jesus. You know, I was, I was thinking um, anxiety and stress have certainly accompanied this year for so many people. Um, isolation does that. Um, not being able to fellowship with other people or see them or or when you do come in contact with other people, you're fearful because you might get sick, you know, and it just adds to the stress. And then the, all of the business world has, has gone and then the social activities and, and recognition of, uh, of problems that need to be addressed. Joy, joy might seem to be in short supply to a lot of people. So Preston, what would, what would you do to, what would you tell us? How can we encourage others to find joy? I think for, for those of us that are believers, uh, it, it, get, it gets back to remembering. Um, if, you, if you focus on what Christ has done for us, um, there's no way that joy cannot well up in your heart. There's no greater gift that any of us have been given than salvation to be reconciled and at peace with God. Everything else is icing on the cake. Um, whether there are hard circumstances, you know you're not going to stand in the judgment in the end. Um, whether you do or don't get things you desire here in heaven, there's no greater gift than what you've been given. And when you, I think when we keep that perspective, disappointments or things that we had hoped we would get, uh, they pale in comparison. It's just remembering, remembering the cross and all that was paid for there. Yeah. Remembering what God has revealed to us. Yeah. Anyone else have a thought or a question or a comment? I just think it's so interesting how all of those peace, peace, hope, joy, all tie together in remembering who he is and his characteristics. And, and um, it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he's done, who he is. And the more we know him and his character, that fills us with those things, the peace, the hope, and the joy that we need. It's not about <laughs> circumstances or different things that are going on in the world. Uh, those things are always changing, but we can rest, which is another word for hope. We can rest when we know of who he is and that he's in control and, um, and we are not. <laughs> so it's, it's resting in, in who God is that yeah. gives us the peace and the hope and the joy that we need. <clears throat> that um, scripture that um, Preston quoted out of Hebrews, 
um, I think that the joy that Jesus has is the joy that he has in, in anticipation of being the savior of his people. Because if he's not, if he doesn't go to the cross, you know, he says, you know, despising the, the, the sufferings. Well, he despises the cross, but the reward is the being the savior of his people. And there will be no savior if he doesn't go to the cross. If he doesn't go to the cross, we're eternally lost. You know, the, so what a joy that he would look at that in anticipation of what it's going to bring to a people that are going to be with him forever. And I think that's one of the things that uh, should bring us the greatest joy. When we see somebody else that doesn't know Jesus, when we see the Lord opening their eyes and opening their heart, and now they know Jesus, boy, we ought to be just weeping with joy and delighting in it more than anything else because it's what brought the greatest joy to Jesus that ought to bring the greatest joy to us too. He doesn't save because we twist his arm. Yeah. He, he came to seek and to save the lost and uh, endured what he endured because he pursued us. Any other thoughts? I have this one thought. It's, it's from the it's from the other book of Revelation, the book of creation. How many of you enjoy seeing a, a beautiful sunset? Or a beautiful sunrise? You know, we give God thanks. We said, God, you know, every day you paint this beautiful picture of a sunset, or every day you give us this beautiful sunrise, you know. And you never get tired. Every day you do it again and again and again. Every day for the, our whole lives. And you give God thanks for that. And then you realize that that not only does he never get tired of doing it once a day. But because the earth is rotating. The sunrise is the sun is always rising somewhere on the planet. Right. The sunrise is continuous. And the sunset is continuous on the other side of the earth. These aren't once a day events that God does. They are continuous sunrises, continuous sunsets that he might bless the earth. And then you think about all of the hundreds of billions, billions of stars there are in the universe. And the, all of the exoplanets they talk about. It's not just one continuous sunrise and one continuous sunset. It's hundreds of billions of continuous sunrises and sunsets. Does that bring joy to your heart to know God is such extravagant that he would just cause this light effect that we, we rejoice in? He does it continuously in a hundred billion different places at once. Yeah, you're, you're like me. I was stunned to think about this. I think I read in an article about, well, the sunrise is continuous. I thought, oh, wait a minute. The sunrise just passes over the earth, comes back around as the sunset, and the sunrise passes over the earth, and then the sunset. And he just never tires of doing good to his people.
And that's just, you know, that's just an example from nature. But then I think about the work of the Holy Spirit, that he who began a good work in us will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. He never tires of being our Savior, like Greg was pointing out. He never tires of being the one that we look to for every need and every in that midst of every trial. Every time we need to know whether we're going to take Calculus 1 or Calculus 3, I've taken them both. <laughs> I would start with Calculus 1 for sure. Um, for neither. <laughs> we, you know, when Lucy was saying that she took Calculus 1 and Calculus 2 in high school, I was thinking, oh man, I I can't imagine doing Calculus 1 and Calc 2 in high school. But, uh, um, anyway, um, but God is continually seeking us and continually making evidence of who he is that we might find great joy in him. So when you see the sunset tonight, just believe that it's it's already happening before you and after your sun goes down for somebody farther to the west, it's going down for them now and got that continuous picture of a sunset is, is going on. I can see from scripture one of the reasons why uh, a lot of us really like the water so much and I see why Randy's at peace so much because Matthew 13 1 says that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea hmm. so evidently that's a great a place of great peace and I can understand why I like it so much and I'm envious of of uh, Randy and Lisa that they sit by the sea so much they pretend they're working on the house down there, but what they're doing is just sitting there and looking at the water. Yeah, they're nodding in agreement, I think. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I disagree, Greg. I, I know how they work. <laughs> well, Preston has already mentioned the, the final song that we will sing, but it's time to sing Joy to the World. Would you agree? It's time to sing it. So let's um, get this up here. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Thank you. 
Thank you, Preston. Mary, anything you want to share? <clears throat> yes, I do. I um, I had an additional thought about something that Lucy said in the way that she said it. She said when she was a little child, she got happiness from things like playing outside or getting a toy or ice cream. But when she got older, those things did not fulfill her the way that they had. And then she met Grace. <laughs> and <laughs> I've, I've thought about that, not just Grace, the person, Lucy, but you have met Grace. <laughs> you have met Jesus, the, the, the giver of all grace. And then in, in the end, she said she knew that she would have more challenges and face more challenges ahead. But because of faith in Jesus, she would be able to do that. And that is because you met grace. And I, I think that's where we all are. And that brings great joy, knowing that we have met grace. Um, you know, we really have um, lost a lot of things during COVID. I know we've talked about that numerous times. Um, people this week several times brought up the Christmas banquet, even yesterday one of the Crossway families talked about that. And um, 
actually that family is gonna reach out to another family that they sat at the table with. But um, numbers of things we've lost and Carla was especially sad. She and I were talking especially sad about not going Christmas caroling at Rex. And then this week, Tim and Lisa called me and said, what do you think of the idea? Because Lisa works at Rex of her taking the um, communication tool. But what would you think of, of uh, Lisa taking the communication tool that she has when the doctors are, um, she's going around doing her, her rounds as a nutritionist. She's taking the, the particular iPad that they have to do the teleconference type deal. What would you think of that and us uh, Christmas caroling? And it just brought great joy to my heart that one, that is not something we would be missing, but more importantly, that is not something that the people who are in the hospital, many of them um, that have had no visitors, have had no family, have had no ability for the outside world to come in and contact them, that God was gonna make a way <laughs> for those people that, um, you know, Jesus was not gonna be kept out. Other people because of COVID are kept out, but that Jesus was not gonna be kept out. So I gather so, the hospital said it was okay? Yes, the, the hospital people have agreed that um, they, I, I had talked to them in March about us Christmas caroling because I always wanna make sure that, you know, things are locked in to schedules like that. And so they never had taken us off of the schedule. So the volunteer coordinator said yes. And Lisa is going around to different floors and asking the head people on those floors, can I come and bring the iPad so people can Christmas carol? And they have agreed to that. And um, what's different, if we just did it like on um, Facebook Live or something, we could bring music in but not have interaction. But because Lisa, has that that iPad and that access, then we are going to be able to go in and not only sing, but also be able to pray, you know, for the people in those rooms. So Jesus is not going to be kept out because of COVID. And I know that there are people that need to be encouraged in that place. So uh, like Bill said, look for an announcement about the specifics of the details We'll see what the weather looks like as to whether we're outside under the stars at Carla's if it's not raining or um, inside here at, at my inside outside at the, at the prayer porch that opens in into the office and I have heaters. It's supposed to be cold that night so you'll need to dress warmly like your Christmas caroling outside because you will be and um, we'll look into the technology of how the prayer meeting folks could be brought in. Uh, I won't even pretend that I know how all of that works, but we will let you know. And um, for those of you who know Kathy Etheridge, her birthday is coming up this week and um, it's, not, it's at the end of the week on Friday. And other than that, I don't think we have any birthdays unless there's someone I'm not aware of. Uh, so are there any additional announcements that we need to make or know about?
Um, when, when Carla and I took the Sunday School King's Jewels boxes around um, on, what was it, Carla, Wednesday, I guess, yeah. Phoebe and her sister Nana came dancing to the door and greeted us with excitement. As did it was a great welcome. It was really fun. <laughs> it was a really warm welcome. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> as did Christina yeah. and her boys and yeah. Simon. Uh huh. And Simon. Yeah, we got to see Simon. Oh my that, that was fun. Uh huh. And Eugenia. Yeah, that was a really sweet time too. It was. And one of the things that I, I will tell y'all in the boxes this month, there is a book and the folks that do these boxes yeah. are so creative. It was amazing. Um, and inside each book, they put $5. The book was on giving. And the challenge was to each family to pray about where that $5 was to go uh, to make a deposit of the love of Jesus into a ministry or another family or, or something. So 18 different families will be praying about ways that they can deposit that money and um, that, that the kids have an, another understanding of their opportunity to bless people and invest in people's lives. So it's not one that we gave and said, here is the project that you're to do. It is, here's the opportunity. Now you pray about where the Lord would have you invest that. So we look forward to hearing what, what kind of investments and where all of those seeds were planted. Oh, cool. That'd be great to hear too. Thank you again, Lucy. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for everybody sharing today. Preston, appreciate your message. And Roger, I think you're preparing something for next Sunday. That yes, be... that's right. So I look forward to uh, uh, to speaking on on love along with Carla and, and Evan next Sunday. All right, cool, cool. All right, folks. And Magda, we're glad that you were with us today. Yeah, I saw Magda for a second there. Hey, Magda. <laughs> yeah, Magda, you're muted. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad to be back <laughs> and, and not and traveling. I Grandbaby. Magda, congratulations on your grandbaby. I don't think we've seen you since you have seen your grandbaby. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Are you smitten? He's a, I am totally. <laughs> if I could, I would be there again. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, it's thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, it's good to see all of you. I wish I could have you over for dinner, but Julie would probably I love it. She would love it. We need outside. <laughs> you have to be bring your own food, though. <laughs> I always did it. Okay, y'all go in the joy of the Lord. Okay. All right. All right. God bless you. God bless. God bless. Bye. 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 Bye.